Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the New Earth Mavens podcast. I'm Fanny, and today I want to talk to you about death. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Just sounded right. I want to talk to you about some very cool things that I've learned about death. When the queen passed away, I guess it's a few weeks ago now, I noticed in trends that people were really looking into spirituality. In fact, it was spiking. But once the funeral was over, the spike is going back down again. So that tells me that people are interested in death without actually thinking about death, the ideas of spirituality around it, perhaps. But I think that translates into how most of us, especially in the West, are afraid of death and don't want to acknowledge it, don't want to think about it, don't even want to know about it. If it's not happening to us, it's just not relevant. The thing is, nobody gets out of here alive. Death is going to come to all of us. So I thought I'd talk about that today. I thought I'd talk about some cool things that I've learned. Because I've had some experience now. And because of my experiences as a child, I stayed aware. So I really looked at things when they were happening. So I think the fear of death. Is really a manifestation of fear of the unknown. It makes me wonder why they've ever kept it from us. Well, because I think when you're afraid to die, you can be pretty controlled into doing a lot of things so that you don't die. Think of all the bad decisions you've made because somebody said you might die. Yeah, I think it's used as control, even though we think we're so sophisticated and enlightened in the West, I think we're far from it in a lot of respects. And I think places not in the West are a lot more in tuned with life and the cycles of it. India, for example, they're big on celebrating when someone passes. They've got their funeral pyres on the Ganges. There's, I think, the Irish funerals and other funerals in old Europe where people would be in your living room. You know, there's a lot of people who look death square in the eye. But here in the West, Weekend at Bernie's is about as close as we get to actually wanting to look at it. I think fear of death is because we've lost our connection to source. Also an ailment of the West. And I'm not sure when it was, probably in the early 2000s. It seemed to be marked for me at a time when they were taking God out of schools, but elevating Honey Boo Boo on the Learning Channel into an icon. And then reality TV came. So it just became one distraction after another. So people weren't really noticing it. But I can't tell you how much that is at the center of everything that's going wrong right now. I think we're afraid of suffering too. That might be a really big one. And I'll talk about that. We're worried about where we're going to go. We have no idea I think it depends on what you believe in, religious-wise or just beliefs in general. And of course, there's FOMO, right? You're going to miss your kids growing up. You're just going to miss out. And I think that's pretty big, too. Some of these things are things I'm not positive about, well, because I haven't died. But much is from my own experiences. So let's begin. Let's talk about the very cool things that I've learned about death. I think a lot of you already know 
that we are pure energy. We have like 37 trillion cells in our bodies and cells contain molecules. Molecules contain atoms. And when they look into atoms, it's 99.9999996% space. Might not be accurate. The six might not be accurate, but it's mostly space. And all that they can observe is a filament of pulsing light. We are light, energy. And energy cannot be created or destroyed, only transformed. When you're dead, your spirit or your consciousness doesn't remain in your body. But when it leaves, well, that all depends. It's not necessarily at the time of death. It can be before. But when people pass away, they can connect with you via electricity. I think it's one of the best ones because, well, they're energy, right? So it's the same kind of modality. Music, for sure. My son used to tell me about Mother Mother all the time, how I should listen to it, how I should have the playlist. And it's crazy. After he passed, it would just come on to my radio in the car or on my laptop. It would just start playing. And every time I would stop and I would pull up the lyrics because I knew he was communicating with me and he would be explaining to me what was going on with him. And a lot of the lyrics I found very comforting. And a lot of times it really helped me understand. It's remarkable. And sometimes there's something someone will just say to someone else as you're walking by them. And it just sticks out. Something you've been wondering, some sort of way that you can help carry on, you know, and we'll come up with that. Symbols. Symbols are all around. Again, you need to be aware of them. And I'd like to give the example of one time walking through the park, sitting on a bench and thinking about how much I missed my son. And all of a sudden I turned my head. I didn't really need to. <laughs> Because there was just a bush beside me, but in this bush was this painted rock. It was beautiful, and I know it was meant for me. We celebrated his life a few months later, and my husband and I and one of his best friends was sitting out back of our place. It was a beautiful day, and all of a sudden, it started to rain. Out of nowhere, it started to rain. And earlier that morning, on my way to work out, I was pulling off the highway onto the exit, and I had to stop before I could turn right or left. And on the back of this sign, it was the back side of the sign, was the Nirvana happy face, which he had as a tattoo on the back of his leg. Those two things happened in one day. But I just want to tell you, it's around. It's there for you to see. And they can speak to you too. And it'll probably come through your right ear. It might be different for other people. I've heard that with others, but definitely that's what happened with me. I knew it was him because of the things he said to me. And it was his voice. It was his sweet voice when everything was going well. It was so comforting, but the things he said was also so profound. I'd like to also mention a couple interesting things. When my husband's parents passed away, first his dad, 
we were sitting outside on the deck and it was spring. So there was a lot of birds at this time. It was the day of his service and we couldn't go because, well, we couldn't for the reasons that many of you couldn't either. And so I said, hey, Ted, today's the day we say goodbye. If you want to let us know that you're happy and everything's great, we're open to whatever you want to say. And in that moment, all the birds, and there were hundreds, if not thousands, stopped chirping, complete, utter silence for eight, maybe 10 seconds. My husband and I looked at each other. <sighs> yeah, we knew that that's what it was. He was communicating with us. And when his mom passed, we also asked her if she would give us a sign as well. And off to one side on the lake, there was always this bright light, just one bright light. That evening, there was a bright red light and a bright blue light after. And it wasn't police. It wasn't like they were flashing. They were just lights flashed on, flashed off. I said, that's it. His mom loves simplicity and she just wanted to make a statement without being splashy like Ted did. I said, that's it. That's your sign. Because those lights, the red and the blue light, have never flashed before, and they have never flashed since. When my sister passed away, I was back home for the funeral. And that evening, I'm on my mom's bed, propped up on pillows, talking to my son on the phone. Had The bedside lights were on, and my mom was milling about. And, and suddenly, one of the lights on the nightstand went off. And my mom was just, just out of the room. She said, what was that? I said, it's just a light bulb went out. No worries. And then the other light went out. And I said, Alex, I got to go. She's here. Oh, I get chills just thinking about it. It was a long rancher we had. All the rooms were lit up. And one light after the other light, like in sequence from one room into the next, all went off. And we didn't have that kind of electrical system. Everything was on breakers, right? It was either on or it was off, but it was sequential. One room after the other, all the lights went off. And I could hear my mom freaking out and, what's going on? This has not happened before. And I just propped myself up against the dresser and I just went, hey, sis, how you doing? And then the night before I left to go back home, it's just all fields behind their house, big sky, all fields. And I'm standing there and it's not something I'd normally do, but I said, hey, I'm over there on the West Coast, so please come see me and give me signs that you're around and you're happy and I would love that. I paused and then I turned around to walk back to the house. Then I stopped and looked back up to the sky and I kid you not, a meteor shot right from one end of the sky to the other. It was huge. It's still the biggest one I've ever seen. But I also think people are afraid of suffering. I mean, who isn't? And we do correlate the end of our life with suffering. But here's a couple things I believe to know from my experiences. I think you can leave before you die, before the big stuff hits, the big pain. And that's grace. Grace puts its veil over top of you so you can accept what's going on. It calms you and it puts you in the, the beam of light to the other side. 
I think we can leave. And I think sometimes people don't want to because they want to experience all there is to their life. And I do know that when you go into hospice, they can do a number of things to help mitigate the pain. They're amazing that way. And that's really what hospice is about, is to keep you as comfortable as possible until the end. I think, too, that grace drops on us when we are experiencing someone passing. I remember when I heard that my sister had passed, and it felt just like that, like this very, very, very thin net was just thrown over top of me, like the finest silk scarf. And my energy, the energy of everything shifted. And I went into this, just keep moving forward, just keep moving forward. Having said that, I've experienced that as well too with my son, to the point where I was able to give the eulogy at his funeral. After a few weeks, the freezing starts coming out, the veil comes off, and it starts to hurt. I guess that's part of the pain we're afraid of too. It's part of the human condition. Not just our own pain when we go, but the pain we feel when it happens to others as well. I'm aware that when people are in their active dying state, especially with older people, they say, I want to go home. I want to go home. I'm tired. I miss so-and-so. I'm ready. And this is really common. But some people aren't ready. They are not ready to go at all. Some are still young in their spirit, right? The bodies just stop keeping up. I so often see people seem old in their body, and people will just immediately correlate that with their mind as well, too. But that's hardly ever true unless you've got some sort of mind illness. And that's why I believe the older people are revered in other places than Western cultures. So, for all you whippersnappers out there who look down on older people, You're going to be there and you're going to feel not much different deep down. That doesn't change. Personally, I think we're supposed to live to 120. I really do. And I think we'll get there again. But there's been a lot of things brought into our world and living that really stops that from happening. And at this point, I mean, who wants to live to be 120? (laughs) That's, That's pretty annoying. If the same stuff keeps going on, but I don't think it's going to. I think we're all going to come out of this chaos and nastiness really, really well. Just not today. Going back to active dying. So this can be, I don't know, two, three, four weeks, even before you die. You'll start seeing pets and loved ones. They'll look over the shoulder of the person visiting them into the corner of the room, or they'll look up and you say, what do you see? And they'll say, angels. That happens quite a bit. But again, the experience you're going to have is going to be based on what you believe. So if you are Christian and believe in Jesus, I would think that that is what you'll experience or whoever it is that you pray to. And I also think that if you think it's going to be horrible and a nightmare, then it will be. And I think if you've been a really bad person and you know it, well, I think that really keeps people from wanting to let go and pass on. And I would like to add something I just thought of. When you have someone who is passing away, tell them it's okay to go. It's okay. 
we'll be all right. We'll miss you and think of you every day, but it's okay to go now. That is really big. And I've seen it happen. People don't want to go and they hang on and hang on with Alzheimer's or whatever, these insidious diseases that allow you to hang on, but just by threads. And you tell them it's okay to go. And they go. So for those people who are experiencing that with a loved one, I'm not one to tell you how to do things, but I do know that can make a really big difference in the outcome. I think we'd really need to change the conversation around death. It should be celebrated. I want to relay a story, and I think I might have been another episode as well, but this is so good. Quite some time ago, I was with someone whose friend was passing away, and he was only in his mid-30s. And while he was still okay, he had a party, and all his friends came over, and he had a, a wooden coffin, and they painted it with all these beautiful colors and flowers, and they each worked on it. They wrote messages. There was so much love, and it was a party. It was a party. Can you imagine? I can imagine how poignant and touching and full of love it must have been. And then I saw the coffin at the funeral, and well, it was plain to see that there was a lot of love for this person. So I hope we all do that in the future. I can't even imagine how much more lovely our lives will be if we remove the fear of death from it. Because I think it permeates everything. And I think if we're not so afraid to die, that we'll be way more eager to live a wonderful, happy, fulfilling life. Well, that's all I have for you today, my friends. I hope you've enjoyed this rather provocative segment. And if you have, please share it with somebody that you think could use this information as well. I invite you to subscribe and perhaps even a little positive comment because that would really help me to grow. I upload Fridays by 6 p.m., West Coast time to all of your favorite platforms. So you'll have the whole weekend to enjoy this and maybe some of the other ones that are in my library. Until next time, live life to the fullest. Bye for now.